This is the State of Tel Aviv and Beyond, the podcast that brings you the straight-up, unfiltered story. What's really going down in Israel? Politics, economics, religion and state, lots of conflict. I'm your host, Vivian Berkovich, former Canadian ambassador to Israel. We're on the street with the folks who live here and have skin in the game. Yalla, let's dive in. Welcome to the first State of Tel Aviv and Beyond background podcast. This is a companion podcast to episode seven, which is titled, Why Likud member Fleur Hassan Noom supports Israel's legal reforms. What I'll provide in this background podcast is a summary of the legal proposals being advocated by the coalition government, led by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. This sidebar podcast will be available as a resource and avoids bogging down the main discussion of present and future podcasts repeatedly with a review of these issues. I'm going to very briefly sketch the basics of the proposed judicial reforms and why they have raised such a stink. Israel has no written constitution. The closest it has to a constitution or bill of rights is what is known as the basic laws that were meant to be the foundation of a state constitution in 1948. As the years passed, the basic laws have been amended and supplemented, but a constitution has never been agreed upon. Think of the basic laws as statements of principle upon which the legal system is based, and the idea was upon which a constitution would be based. During the 1990s, when Chief Justice Aaron Barak led the Israeli Supreme Court, many are of the view that the bench became overly activist and undemocratically imposed its will on the Knesset. So really what you have is an unelected branch of government, the court, effectively overruling the legislature, which is comprised of representatives elected by the people. Furthermore, virtually all Supreme Court judges are Ashkenaz Jews of East European descent, and they tend to be leftish or centrist in political orientation, and they are appointed in a closed shop system that they run and control. All true. Elected officials have little to say with respect to who gets to the bench. Also pretty true. This infuriates the Likud and religious parties. Likud is seized with the agenda of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who is hell-bent on punishing the entire justice system for daring to prosecute him. The Haredi ultra-Orthodox parties have nothing but contempt for the secular justice system and avoid it whenever possible, taking legal disputes to the religious-based rabbinical courts. Religious Zionists, the third power in this government, are committed to the view that the justice system is an uncontrolled leftist Ashkenaz club that discriminates wantonly against the devout, against settlers, and against Mizrahi Jews. It's a simplistic, divisive understanding of a sophisticated system in a democracy and the proper place of judicial authority in that mix. Israel is a unicameral parliamentary democracy. There is no Senate or upper chamber to push back at the legislature. There are no institutional checks or balances on the Knesset's power aside from the Israeli Supreme Court. 
the government has decided to address this complex and fraught issue with massive reform of the judicial and legislative calibration. And they've decided to do this with a very rough hand. So what exactly are the proposals? Honestly, I can't get too fussed about that. Because in the end, everywhere, it's the politicians in power at the time who stack the bench in their favor. Secondly, is this, and this is the hill on which I would die. And that is the reform which strips the Supreme Court of the power to judicially review Knesset legislation. What this provision does effectively is to grant the Knesset absolute power. How? The law would state that only in exceptional circumstances, when a supermajority of Supreme Court members agreed, could any Knesset law be overturned or modified by the court. As a practical matter, that means that the legislature has near total power. Once the court is eviscerated, there is no check or balance. Then there's the third issue. The Knesset would also pass a law stating that the court may no longer invoke the standard of reasonableness when making decisions. Reasonableness in common law countries is a legal standard informed by hundreds of years of jurisprudence. Perhaps a recent concrete example as to how this standard is applied will be helpful. Reasonableness gives the court the power to hold, for example, as it did recently in the case of R.E.A. Derry, the proposed appointment of recidivist criminal R.E.A. Derry to a senior cabinet portfolio, that such an appointment was extremely unreasonable at law. In that case, the court said that appointing a person of such disreputable character to positions of the highest public trust is extremely unreasonable. And it is. And that's exactly why we need checks and balances in a democracy, to prevent outrageous abuses, which are all about political interests and not at all in the interest of the state. Fourth issue, and this is perhaps the most offensive of all the proposed reforms, the so-called override clause. The override clause, which is to be passed as part of this reform package as well, would state that as long as the barest majority of the Knesset, that being 61 members, voted to do something like override a Supreme Court ruling, well, then so it shall be done. That is tyranny, not democracy. Democracy is not as simple as adding up the numbers and saying, hey, look at us. We won. We can do whatever we want. Electoral results are hugely important, but even majorities can get things wrong, which is why institutional checks and balances are so critical. And Israel will have none should these reforms pass, hence the widespread alarm and protests that our democracy is imperiled. Thanks for tuning in to the State of Tel Aviv and Beyond podcast. If you enjoy our work, please rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our Substack page, which is stateoftelaviv.com. That's stateoftelaviv, all one word, dot com. Whatever works. Your thumbs up makes a huge difference. For real. Thank you so much for your support. Now, back to the podcast. 
Once the protests became too much to ignore, the government started floating messaging, saying, oh, remember that override thing? Yeah, we were never really serious about that. It was kind of a negotiation play. You would include a blatantly undemocratic provision as a negotiation tactic? In the same breath, both Prime Minister Netanyahu and his key ministers repeatedly asserted that this type of override is no biggie. I mean, after all, Canada, they say repeatedly, has one just like it. For the record, this is patently untrue, and they all know it. Even Professor Alan Dershowitz, the famed American advocate and a personal friend of Bibi's, who opposes the reforms, has stated that even if all the laws are passed in their current form, they will just result in a system like Canada's. So, like, it's not so terrible after all. Except that Dershowitz is wrong. If you are interested in learning more about this topic, on how the Canadian factor has been so dangerously misrepresented, I suggest you listen to podcast episode 5, Kohelet Forum Fiasco in Israel, How a Think Tank Sparked National Protests That Are Destroying Israel. And now I'm going to go to the fifth and almost last point. In addition to all of the foregoing factors, the Attorney General and Senior Legal Advisors in the Ministry of Justice of Israel would become political appointees, which would erase the last vestiges of institutional memory and neutrality slash independence, where advice and guidance are provided by professionals whose primary loyalty and duty is to the state, not the leader or party of the moment. This is critical in a parliamentary democracy. It may not be how things are done in America, but I can assure you that in mature parliamentary democracies like the UK, Canada, and Australia, the bureaucracy is simply not politicized to anywhere near the degree that occurs in the US. From day one, the protests have focused on concerns that the proposals would result in the judiciary no longer being independent, and where there is no independent judiciary, there is no liberal democracy. It's that simple. Take it up with history, not with me. The moral leaders in these protests have been combat pilots and elite combat reservists who refuse to serve a non-democratic nation. They say, we had a contract in the Declaration of Independence. And our contract was to serve and risk our lives in support of a liberal democracy, not a dictatorship. The government says, a pox on all of you. You're anarchists and leftists, bad, bad people. Most Israelis actually see them as the salt of the earth, the best of the best. At the end of the day, there is no one saying we don't need legal reform. I suggest that the broad consensus is that we do, desperately. But these proposals and the manner in which they've been managed are not going to fix anything. They have just exacerbated long-simmering, deep, deep social fissures. And if they are passed in a form anywhere close to what is now on the table, then the consequences for the state of Israel could well be very dire. I've explored many of these issues in other podcasts and will continue to do so in the future. But for now, we'll wrap up this bit and refer you back to the main podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope that this backgrounder was helpful. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the State of Tel Aviv and Beyond podcast. It would be great if you would like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening. Check us out at stateoftelaviv.com on Substack, where you will have access to our full library of content for a limited time only. We are truly independent. We don't just say it, meaning that you will be exposed to views from across the political spectrum at stateoftelaviv.com. Me, I'm all over the place, but generally a solid centrist. State of Tel Aviv is supported by its listeners and readers. Please consider becoming a paid subscriber. Each member makes a huge difference. I'm Vivian Berkovich, signing off from deep inside the state of Tel Aviv. Until next time, stay cool, stay safe, have a great weekend.